Hi, I'm Alicia. Hi, I'm Sarah. We're two English teachers reclaiming literacy through pop culture. Welcome to Lit. So, hey, Sarah, how are you doing today? I'm good. And this is summer vacation, so it's a different type of busy. Like, we've talked about this, and we've talked about this on the phone and everything else. We talked about how uh, summer vacation for teachers becomes a very different kind of busy. Like, I have a lot of errands I have to run today, um, working this in, (laughs) those Mm -hmm. errands. But, um, yeah, it's been good. We're going on vacation in two weeks, so that will be a lot of actually no we're leaving next week not in two weeks we're going to be on vacation in two weeks but nice. we leave next friday so it'll be good by the time everybody sees this we'll all i will be on vacation <laughs> you'll be elsewhere i'll be elsewhere that is valid yeah so how is your summer going so far i know because it's, you're not teaching you're working it's a different case yeah i was gonna say i'm so, not like I'm not in a different type of busy. I'm just in busy mode. But yeah. I will say uh, this has been the season of a whole bunch of surprise home projects that have kept us constantly on our toes. I am actually, this is my work from home space. You can see my beautiful cat tower in the background. <laughs> my video call aesthetic that we're both enjoying here. Uh, you never, I guess, because of when you taught, you've never had to teach from that space, have you? Not from this one. No, but I was it, teaching. It like, yeah, I was teaching from a kitchen table in Texas, <laughs> remote. Yep. So no, my our guest room, which I need to work on cleaning before going back to school in just over a month. Um, it's so crazy because I actually start at the end of July. So that that July thirty first, I'm gonna be back working in my classrooms. <laughs> yeah, so you're already you can the end is in sight already for your break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Well, and yeah. if you hear me wheezing, it's because we are in our beautiful Midwestern haze season. It's not half as fun as purple rain or anything like that. It's just, hello, climate change. Welcome to this world. <laughs> yep. So we wanted to try out, we're trying out new software, and mm-hmm. we thought that this would be a good chance for us to kind of reintroduce ourselves to our audience mm-hmm. and introduce ourselves to new audience members and really just do a recap of the podcast. We've been doing this for two years now and we're getting ready for season four that's coming up um, and making plans for that. So we thought it'd be fun to try the new software and give you all a chance to see us on video because you never get to see us in our studios working. And so here we are. So Alicia, I'm going to let you introduce yourself first. Can we just address first? You guys need to understand home podcasting. It has been, I've got a microphone here next to me. You see us with our headphones because it helps with noise reduction. Uh, Sarah and I are both very blessed that we have spaces in our homes that we can go to and record from. But this used to be, we were on a video call together while also use recording software, but we were each recording separately, right? <laughs> and it was Sarah, mm-hmm. you are amazing guru, was overlaying all of our sound afterwards. And thinking about, so it's like, oh, I'll cut that. You were coughing there. Oh, I'll cut that. You said something really stupid there. You have to pay attention where you're cutting the sound in someone else's and then match it with the other one. I'm thankful for kudos to Riverside FM. We're going to try this out. I'm optimistic. But who am I? <laughs> My name is Alicia. I have learned after 10 years of friendship that when Sarah has an idea, it's probably an adventure worth going on. 
So uh, we met first when I was a brand new baby teacher and Sarah was a veteran teacher in Fort Wayne. And since then, I really think that LitThink is in its prime because we are now, we have presented at one conference this year already. We have another conference, NCTE, in the fall. I've stopped trying to quickly say the National Council of Teachers of English Conference quickly because I just spill over it. But um, I was a high school English teacher for 10 years. And now because of life circumstances, I am a work from home freelancer. I do copywriting and editing. So instead of teaching other people how to write and communicate well, I practice what I preach myself and I do it for a living. And then I still believe in the power of LitThink because I still believe in and value the work of education. I'm just not physically in the classroom right now. So what about you, Sarah? Uh, my name is Sarah. <laughs> Who am I? Uh, I'm Sarah. I am getting ready for my 22nd year of teaching. I started in 20, 2002. Um, so I'm getting ready for the 22nd year. Um, but I've taught at a lot of different schools because we've moved around um, those five years in Fort Wayne, four of those years teaching with Alicia and then down in Texas. And now we're back in Indianapolis, which is kind of nice because for the time being, we are in the same city. So we can actually see each other on occasion and do some planning mm -hmm. um, and working together. Uh, I have taught pretty much everything you can teach freshmen through seniors and AP and last year I had sophomores and this year, this coming year, I'm going to have dual credit and I teach a master's class. So it's a lot of fun. Um, when I am not teaching and I am not being a mom and I'm not being a wife, but I'm also doing a lot of writing. Um, Alicia says that she's not doing teaching, but that's ridiculous because she's one of my editors. <laughs> So, both professionally an editor because she's been editing my stuff for professional work and for getting things published for another organization. Um, but also she's helped me with two of my books so far. So um, I owe her a blog before she gets to work thoroughly on the second book. Um, but yeah, and we just, we, we love working together and this has just been a fun project for us to be able to talk about literature and to talk about media because that's really what this all became. Um, mm. I had this idea two years ago. Um, I was on a teaching sabbatical and I was like, anybody want to do a podcast and talk about pop culture? Um, and Alicia was like, you can't do it with anyone but me. And just said, I wasn't allowed to do it with anyone but her. So we ended up doing, and that was when I was in Texas still. So we were at, in two very different states and we were still doing this over Zoom um, and coming up with episodes and talking about our favorite things related to pop culture. And really just looking at it through the eyes of the English classroom, like what we do when we sit down and watch things. There are things that we sit down and watch that are just brain candy and we have fun with them. You know, you can't take it seriously. Uh, my most recent example is we went to see Transformers. My husband and I went to see Transformers. There's nothing serious that I could possibly analyze about Transformers. We just enjoyed it. But other times, you know, we're sitting down and it, television and movies, they are they should make us think they should give us a chance to apply our literature skills outside of the classroom. It's something we want our students to do. And it's something we want people in general to do to not just shut off their brains when they sit down to watch TV. And you I think what I would Alicia? add to that. Yeah. Is I think, especially at my latest teaching position before I stepped away to, to be a parent and to work from home, I really started to realize you and I have always talked about this, but I, I practice what I 
preached even more that to be an illiterate human is to daily practice empathy and, and the beautiful power of media in general to, to walk a mile in someone else's shoes. There is so much about when you empower all story, holistic story and representation. I think that's a huge part of what we talked about as we've developed our lit think values is saying it's one thing to say, we're always going to read these pieces in a vacuum it's another thing to say that a story is a classic because we can constantly reinterpret it. We can constantly put other people in the roles and still allow the story to be beautiful and powerful. I think just, I mean, from yours and my love of Broadway, I really love now that we are working more and more to have handy capable characters in primary roles and who are visible that we can now say, I also, like, I have a friend whose child was born with a cataract. And so she talks all the time about my kid has to work hard to see other kids who have an iPad or who have, I mean, because statistically their experience is so unique. I want my child to see themselves in media. And I, that's so empowering. I mean, there's just so many different ways that can look from physical capability to appearance to gender representation. All of these things are so crucial and beautiful. And I love now that our platform, sure, it's the two of us having an excuse to get together and feed our teacher brains. I mean, I think at our last conference, someone walked away and just said, oh, I'm just jealous of the academic conversations you guys get to have together and that you've made a platform for that. You're like, I love that. Of course, I love that. But I love, I think, even more, this is something that I've always valued about the two of us as educators in the room together. It's not just, well, this is fun. It's how can we make the world a better place and have fun doing it? And I think for us with the LitThink platform, when we say we're reclaiming literacy through pop culture, we take that seriously as we think about what media we are emphasizing. It's not just what feeds our brain. It's also what can better feed the world. Agreed. Like, and there's there's so much out there that mm. we are trying to get some good diversity and not just things that you could teach in the classroom. Like, yeah, I think sometimes we have to be adults too and say, okay, so what is something that we can talk about as just adults and have fun mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. show that this is a skill that you carry on throughout your life. This, this mm -hmm. is a skill you take with you and that a skill that we want students to take with them. Mm -hmm. We don't want them to graduate from high school and be like, well, I'm going to shut my brain off now. No, I want them to still be looking things up while they're watching something. I still want them to be making connections between, oh, this is kind of like that movie, or this is kind of like that television show, or this is like this book that my teacher made me read in high school. Mm -hmm. And I can see those themes carrying over, and I can see how this story relates to this story. Um, mm -hmm. We just don't, we don't want people to stop doing that, because as mm -hmm. you said you can read media and that's what we want them to be doing. We want them to be reading mm -hmm. media and not just taking it for granted. Mm -hmm. I yeah. think one of the best examples I have of that right now is I have a few friends who have graduated from graduate school recently and they've openly said, they're like, I'm just in a slump. I haven't read a book recently. I'm just watching. We call it brain candy TV. I'm taking in media, but my brain does not want to process it. And I think it, it requires some baby steps, but then to, to give yourself that back in your life. It doesn't require a book club. It doesn't require necessarily a social space, 
for you to still give that to yourself and think about how media can also feed you and feed your brain. I mean, it's why I think podcasts have exploded so much is because, I mean, there are so many different ways to take in information in our world these days. And part of, I think, our lit think value then is be conscious of that. As we say to our future students, I think we talked about that at the latest conference we attended, where we attended a lot of sessions about AI. We can't, we also cannot speech in a vacuum. We also cannot act like the world is not out there. So how instead do we empower our students to say, when I am approached by this, when I face this, how can I do it ethically? And so some of that can also be, all right, I want to still feed my brain. I am also exhausted from a new career, a new whatever. How can I do this ethically in a way where I still am getting good information that's empowering to other voices, but but feeds and serves me? It can, it can be a both and. Yeah. So what have you learned about podcasting in two years? We've been doing this for two years now. What have you learned about the art of podcasting? I am just realizing as well, having us on video, you're going to see a lot of when Alicia has a thought, even while Sarah's still talking, it's going to be like, I'm reacting as if I'm ready to respond, even though I want you to complete your thought. You're also going to see Alicia's interrupting face. So I apologize for that in advance. Uh, but what have we learned about podcasting? I, I'm just thinking as well, I, we learned when Zoom started having a time limit on their videos. We have gone through between new computers and new locations. We've gone through sound quality. We've gone through different software. We've gone through so many different steps to create the same product. But ultimately, I think what we have learned is what makes good podcasting material. It can't just be a space that serves ourselves. It's, you know, again, us living out what we are saying we believe in. It also has to serve a specific audience. So we think about how can this serve other educators, but we also think about how can this serve our former students. If a student is listening in on our podcast, what is something they could take away from it? And I think that's why we really shifted to our new model. The two of us were initially just, what do we want to talk about today? What's something we both enjoyed? And it shifted to more, again, what, what serves others? How can we create a space that gives people actionable tools when they walk away from our space? So hopefully if they're listening, they can also be like, oh, that was that was interesting. I never thought about it that way. I would love to try that something like that. What about you, Sarah? Yeah. Um, well, first the technical stuff, like you talked about, we've had so many different things happen. <laughs> I mean, we had, I, I tried, was it Daisy Jones in the six that we had to record three times? It was Wednesday. It was, it was Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay. Like we had one that we had to record so many times because it oh did, the recording didn't work. And it was so sad because we'd be like, but we had this really yeah, good saving. thought. Oh. Yeah. And we just had this really great thought and we were like, oh, I guess we're just going to have, and, and the weird thing was it didn't get shorter. No. <laughs> we yeah. In fact, this. yeah. Oh. We, so we didn't get any shorter. We just kept coming up with new things to talk about. Um, which pointed out the importance of having outlines. Like we have very specific outlines now that we are putting on our show notes to make sure that people, so that we keep on track and we know what's going on. 
Um, I've learned a lot about sound editing, something I never in a million years thought I would know anything about. Uh, mm-hmm. Google has been my best friend and at times to, as I try to figure out how to get weird, rid of weird sounds um, and make that all work. Uh, I think I just learned that podcasting, at one point, my husband told me two and a half years ago, he was like, you're just going to start a podcast at some point. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to start a podcast. That's that's silly. Why would I do that? I mean, I love to listen to podcasts. And I have learned to really love the medium. I love a space. I mean, I love writing. It's a very different medium than podcasting. Um, but I really enjoy having a space where I can talk to someone, especially you, Alicia. <laughs> and I, we can talk and we can just talk about things that are meaningful to us and and share that with others, that that mm-hmm. is our voices might make a difference to a small number of people and that they, we are sharing our thoughts with others. Um, and it's a different type of classroom. I, I think I appreciate having a different type of classroom outside of my actual classroom, that this is mm-hmm. a chance for me to teach others how to think and to do it in an adult conversation that I, I love teaching. Mean, we both feel this way. We love teenagers for a lot of reasons. And one of the reasons why I love teenagers is because I can have semi adult conversations with them, right? Like you're mm-hmm. talking to them and they're just different humans than small children. Mm-hmm. And I, and I appreciate that about high school like that. I would not mm-hmm. want to teach below high school because I like having those semi adult conversations, but mm-hmm. it is a different level to sit down with somebody who is also a fellow educator and a fellow writer and a fellow thinker and to take it to the next level. And it just, I think it's made me a better teacher. Cause when I think about things when we're talking to yeah. each other, I, I'm able then to then reprocess how I might talk about the same kind of concept with my students. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully we do that for other people too. I think it, it yeah. is important for us to to be allowed to continue thinking and growing and learning outside of a classroom setting. And we get to do that here on the podcast. And it's fun. I did not think podcasting would be nearly as fun as it is. <laughs> and I think, so the two things I wanted to respond to with that. One, uh, I always have fun once we actually start recording, but there are definitely days where the two of us are trying to work around both of our schedules mm-hmm. it's finally what eight nine o'clock at night when we're finally sitting down to record Ugh, one more thing and then we get into it and the energy comes up and I, I so true as a teacher you know, the energy of your classroom is is set by the teacher which is part of why teaching can be so exhausting in really good and beautiful ways but I think one of the other things it just really hit me that I was thinking about is so when you and I were actively co-teaching together in the past our students never saw the amount of collaboration that happened behind the scenes, right? They just saw the product and then they saw one of us in front of the room. But one of the beauties of a podcast is it's taking that collaborative energy and that collaborative conversation and it's bringing it to light. And I hope our our fellow teachers out there know who are listening that or watching us right now, that so much of good teaching, it, it starts with collaboration, right? Like the point of good teaching is not reinventing the wheel, working smarter, not harder. And the way you do that is you pay attention to who else is around you and how you can help each other. So I just, I also love that piece that I've had more than one random student who listened in and they said, oh, it's just like, I love hearing you guys talk because it feels like you're in front of the classroom again, but you're bantering with a fellow teacher. So it's a different conversation than when you're 
leading a student-led discussion or when you're you're guiding any of those student-based activities. It is literally what we would have done behind the scenes to end up creating the lesson that students finally saw. I mean, it's a type of conversation that happens inside the teacher's lounge and happens mm-hmm. inside outside of your classroom and happens in the hallway. Um, it's just the type of conversation that makes you better at anything that you do. Like even when it comes to like us as writers too, it's the type of conversation it's talking about what we're doing before we actually do it and processing it and going through it. And, and also there are times we'll have an outline and I'll think of something else while we're on the outline. And it's like, Oh, I didn't think about that before. It's just Mm -hmm. an understanding that you're never done. Mm-hmm. That it's never complete. There's always something else. I don't know how many times we finish a conversation and I, we've hit stop. And then I'm like an hour later, I'm like, oh, I could have talked about this too. And mm-hmm. we don't do it. And it's fine because it's just a reality that you can't cover everything either. It's like the two of us quietly trying to look something up on our phone to sound intelligent while we're <laughs> to tell us something the recording. Googling names and, and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Who is that one character? Oh, I totally know. Just a second. Like, uh, <laughs> the danger of video. That would be the that's, danger that's of video. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And yeah. even laughing, thinking about right now. I mean, we've got our screen where we're talking to each other. I've got my screen next to me that I even created an outline for today to just like, let's keep ourselves on track. Uh, it, it's again, it, it's the act of good teaching already. It's just on a different platform. And it's fun to think about what is empowered on this platform. And the snafus and what we have learned thanks to this platform and this channel versus other spaces. Uh, so let's throw this out at, at everybody. So what are some of the things that you might be excited to talk about this season? We, are, we haven't quite set things down. Like we haven't put things down as we're definitely doing these. But what are some things that we're excited about possibly covering this season? What do you think? I mean, I'm still just really excited to, for the Barbie movie. I'm here to discuss it. Only good things <laughs> okay, to come out. Okay, so well, and, and talking no. about Barbie is funny because we already have our ticket CC Oppenheimer, which comes out the same weekend as Barbie. Mm-hmm. And we were at, and apparently according to Reddit, according to my husband, who's the Redditor, um, the, peop, the same people are excited for both Oppenheimer and Barbie. Yeah. It's just like that same group of people. I was like, okay, so... If we're going Friday night to see Oppenheimer, do we go Saturday afternoon? Really? No. <laughs> the joys of working we, from home. I know. I have a dog. Do we go Saturday afternoon and go see Barbie? He was like, well, what if we went to see Barbie the same night so we get a palate cleanser? <laughs> I didn't handle that much in one night. <laughs> That's, but, that's a lot. So, a lot. I, so that does reveal that I am really excited as the history nerd here. Oppenheimer. I cannot wait for Oppenheimer. And I am excited about Barbie. I am. I think that it will be really fun. As, as a fellow history nerd, the, the history of Barbie is also being captured in this film. Sarah. I so, just saw this fantastic piece from, I think, the New York Times that looked at Barbie houses and was mm. looking at the history of the Barbie mansion and how it has reflected history. It, it was, it's fantastic. It is. I want to definitely save that in show notes for Barbie because I think we are both excited to see the satire of Barbie. Um, excited to see just history come alive in Oppenheimer. Um, you were really excited about American Born Chinese, which I am excited to watch, but have not watched yet. Very well done. That's um, 
Uh, we've talked about Are You There, God is Me, Margaret. Now I've seen it and you haven't mm-hmm. seen it yet, but I, Correct. it was so well done. And so I'm excited about that one. Um, my daughter and I are like halfway through A Small Light, which is about Meep Geese and Anne Frank. So, I mean, we already have, and then we haven't talked about this yet, but Ballad of Songbird and Snakes is coming out and it's bad timing for you, but I know I have. Yeah, feeling. Day. Suzanne Collins and I have a love hate relationship. I love that she gets kids to read. She writes like a screenwriter, and I. So maybe which the movie made, is which is why I I had very strong feelings about Mockingjay and was like I hate the book, but I loved the movie. And the, I just exactly. I did not. The, the movies were very good. They translate not so well to film. I did not like Mockingjay the book. And then yeah. we watched the movie and I was like, oh, well, this is actually okay. That's what it's I really enjoy this. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get so it. I got as, it. As you guys can see, we're, we're already heading down there. We, we've already, this is what Sarah and I do. This is a, this is a practice session with two of us being like, so what do you want to discuss? How much are we like, I want to continue that conversation and how much are we both saying, okay, you have your opinions over there. I'm so excited for Good Omen season two and Sarah won't watch season one. So and here we are. And Alicia will not watch Stranger Things. So, you know, I we... I just three poems now, Sarah. I saw it. And I would like to say, I do support the writers, but I would really like the writers' strike to end so they can start filming season five. <laughs> support the writers, but I would like them to stop and, and end the strike so that we can get started on season five so support the writers aka end the strike pay the writers correctly what they are deserved and then give us our media but but we would like to hear from everybody else though like we would like to know we would like some ideas like if there is something that you would love to see us talk about we are open to suggestions we have wide tastes and we like a lot of different things so we are open to suggestion. <laughs> so just putting that out there. Highly influenceable. Well, maybe a little bit. Maybe so, a little do, bit. do we practice our outro on, on this version as well? Yeah, probably. Okay. This is Sarah so, and Alicia signing off. Keep on lit thinking, people. <laughs> <laughs>